All righty. Welcome to another Night Shift Football Podcast Red Edition. We're going to talk about Adelaide's grim result away to Wellington. But first, um, unfortunately, there's some more pressing issues that are even more grim than Adelaide's performance. Um, Tommy joins me on the other end of the line. We'll just jump straight into it, man. Uh, what is What were your initial thoughts and reactions to what we saw in the Melbourne derby? Uh, Simon Hill best summed this up. And um, after like a tumultuous week where we've been feuding with everyone uh, inside the game. Um, our fall from grace was complete and we have decided to feud amongst ourselves in a way because now, you know, the fans once united behind a singular cause uh, now once again divided, unfortunately, uh, after what we saw at the Derby. Divided eleven to one, I think it seems. Uh, I think everyone is like united in rejecting the behaviour, and definitely critical to the absolute max of of what the what the, uh, the victory guys, the OSM dudes, running on the pitch did. But I think what has happened now is it's fractured the protest, the initial protest, because um, now like you can sort of see the two Sydney teams reverting back into their shell. Um, you can see City not really that keen on, I mean, the fans are, but the club itself is not really that keen on reflecting the fans' view. And this, you know, this sort of umming and ahhing uh, from some of the supporter groups and some of the clubs about this decision, uh, this is definitely not going to galvanise the protest at all. This is just going to, I think, solidify their initial thoughts. And this could... this. Yeah, I reckon this could be the end of the protest, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty clear. I think I mentioned it Saturday night, but we seem to have gathered a lot of support from the wider sports public in Australia um, to go against, to protest the APL's decision. And then all of that is just taken away in like two minutes of absolute stupidity by, I just, I, these guys are, I don't even want to call them Melbourne Victory fans. I don't know what sort of fan consistently puts their club in harm's way. You know, this isn't the first time they've done this sort of thing, these sorts of guys. And we're hearing that some of them had bands already. Mm, and were there, yeah. You know, I, I understand that I'm not taking a shot that's, there. At, that's the, tough, yeah. I'm not taking a shot there at the people who try to police that because it's, it's very difficult to police who attends football games. Hell yeah. Um, we don't want to go into an AI-centred <laughs> kind nah. of arena every time your fucking facial tech is getting no. recognised as you walk around. I just am completely baffled by this whole... I know it's the... We've had this thing in Australia for a while. We've, we've had the infighting at Adelaide years ago. We haven't had it for a while, but between like different groups, you know, active groups, particularly mm. casual groups, and, you know, for all the noise and stuff they bring to the games... That's all well and good. I don't understand this attitude that always ends up. They talk about doing everything they can for their club. Like it's, it's a backwards view of putting their club first because in the end, they're only putting their own egos first because they make it all about them. Um, the irrational response of like, it's okay for us to throw flares at someone, but if a flare comes back, then that's not fair and we're entitled to just do what we want. Like... It's so irrational. It's so stupid. And 
I don't understand where the hero, like where the tough guy stuff comes from when there's like 30 dudes running at one goalkeeper. I had uh, like a, a more casual fan ask me about this and they said, is this like, as it popped up out of nowhere? Because it seems like we've been on since the, you know, the protest back in 2015 when the active groups kind of got shut down or whatever else. We have kind of just been on this plateaued path, um, except though it did kind of get the feeling this season that there was a little bit more of a return to the old ways, the new takeover was. of the APL. They've kind of brought in different stadium agreements. It seemed there was less police presence, I've noticed, this season. And I guess that has, you know, you know, galvanized, I suppose, or just like reinstated the initial intentions of these people. And it's, I would still describe them as fans because these are the people that we so regularly praise for atmosphere and noise and chant like this isn't excusing this in any way, but these are the people that we kind of do put on a pedestal a little bit and say that these guys are the the best fans in the league. And, you know, as strong Melbourne is good for the A-League and everything like that. But it doesn't translate because it just continually, like you said, fuels the ego. And like the RBB at times, you do get the impression that these guys feel they are bigger than the club or they are the club themselves. Yeah. And so, yeah, they act. It's not even stupidly. It's, it's just complete mindlessness there's absolutely no thought process at all you know they've just come out of that whole fed square arrangement where there were flares being pinged every minute and no one was rushing anyone in that moment and so you think that glover would lobbing one back yeah he's put too much on it but it doesn't you can see the photo when he's throwing it he's not he's not his intention to throw it into the crowd at all he's just trying to get it off the pitch i'm not yeah i'm not like that i'm not interested in any of the arguments from people about what glover did it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. Like, you know, I I have to admit, I did say to you, I think on the night, um, I was actually a big fan of like a real powerful showing from supporters. If that meant like, you know, if that meant ripping flares, if that meant a bunch of guys going and standing on the pitch to hold up the game and say, look, we've got the power, we've got the numbers, we're the supporters. Mm-hmm. But not like this. <laughs> no, not like... The, don't go and attack out, a goalkeeper. Gone out there and assaulted the players who have not... Like, it's not... And a cameraman. Uh, was it two match referees? Yeah. Not who we're, that's not who we're like, up against here. I just, it's completely irrational. And these... Uh, I don't know. I don't really know. I just... I just... This has kind of ruined my weekend, this thing. I know a lot of us woke up Sunday and we were feeling it Saturday night and then Sunday again, just really dejected and just... Not even so much angry about it, just like really kind of, I think uh, was it Andy Harper said on the coverage that he said that every football fan in Australia will feel like they've had their heart heart torn out after seeing what happened. And that's pretty much how it was. Mm. It's just, it's a reflection of how hard we fight for presence and attention and just like to be taken seriously as a football code. And you, you get that off of such a massive Socceroos result. A bunch of A-League players going out there and, you know, uh, eventually being knocked out, only beaten by the two sides that were in the final, for fuck's sake. And for that to then translate into APL selling the grand final and then the scenes that we saw, it's just, it's such a role. You come off that huge dizzying high and, yeah, absolutely crestfallen, and just totally dejected. You woke up on Sunday morning just thinking, oh, please, dear God, let it not be real. 
And then you go on Twitter and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> it's still a yep. thing. And then you turn on the news and Sunrise are covering it as soccer shame. Oh, the Herald Sun had the, we made the front page of the Herald Sun, everyone. Congratulations. Yeah. Soccer finally. shame. Sunrise sticking the boot in. You don't see this kind of thing in other sports. And you're just like, yeah. We, and you can't, you, no one can deny it now. You can't say anything now. Yeah. We've, we've regularly said that on this show that we don't need, Football in this country doesn't need to give the other codes or any of the media any excuses. We can't afford to give them any excuses to sink the boot in even more. And then stuff like this happens. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah. I saw a really good comment. Um, Victory fans just cost the game millions in sponsorship. Did you want a national second division? Forget about it. Did you want to see the sport grow grow and expand? Forget about it. At the worst possible time, petulant supporters have set football back years. You'll be lucky to get a victory game at home for the rest of the season and for what? Yeah, exactly. The frustration is these people don't care, I don't think. No, no, because they, they are the ones that are already banned. And so they've already... They, they don't care. They've jeopardized their spot in the crowd and they're going to continue to do it unless you actually do... I mean, this is where we get to the point now where you, you know members, especially in active areas and stuff like that, it's going to go back to having your photo on your membership and that getting put through uh, like a regulatory system all the time and what? if you go through general admission then you're all going to get photo id you're all going to get you know fa- uh, ai tech we've only just we've only just escaped the era of um you had to have a membership to be in an active bay mm. limiting the amount of people that could end up in that area for football um we got out of that era. We could. I feel like in Adelaide now we have a really good relationship between active fans and the certainly security do. that are there every week and the police that goes on. Yeah, um, it it was really bad for a while. I think just we were we were only <laughs> reminiscing the pepper yeah. spray story the other day. Um, popped up in my memories. It was a Facebook status of mine that pretty much summed up the Rini Coolen era. It was about a I think two people had a fight in the active bay and the cops came in and just maced. 200 people you got kids, it in your eyes grandparents kids, oh, yeah. it was the start of the uh the infamous get your mace out for the kids chant <laughs> we should bring that back yeah your mace out for the kids yeah, yeah th- those time. were the, those were the dark old days and we we have worked so hard as like a football community and in amongst our own authorities and with each other like you said yeah. weeded out those criminal elements or you know the people that were turning up mainly to emulate kind of a culture or a style of European fandom and not really hooliganism. For, yeah, hooli- yeah, okay. It's it's it, didn't. it is. <laughs> no, because some of it, some of it I understand. No, like, I, yeah, it, I get it. Yeah. And some of it doesn't, it's not always hooliganism. Um, but when it does descend into criminality and hooliganism, yeah, that's where you've got to put a stop on it. And we did that in South Australia. And I think we still do create a good atmosphere um, I like the mix of families, you know, the the East and the West stands. You know what chance you're going to get involved in. You know they're going to be up and about if the referee is seemingly against this. Like that's that's cool. You don't you don't actually need three thousand mainly men, you know, standing yeah. there trying to emulate hooliganism from Europe. Yeah, I only say that because I know that it's. I think it's pretty common knowledge in football, in A League scenes around Australia that these guys do engage in stuff outside the grounds with each mm. other. And I don't know if I've said it on before on here. Obviously I don't condone what has happened in the park, but 
these guys want to go and two groups of people want to go and punch each other outside the stadium go do it somewhere else and punch each other if that's what you really want to do <laughs> i could not care less but can you please not bring it into the stadium and ruin yes. it for everyone else this that's is why I, this is why i struggle to say they're football fans because if you're a fan of a club why would you get their game abandoned now they're not playing that's, that's so a really aren't good we point. there to watch football and now the game's abandoned no one, i think i said i mentioned it on the page on sunday morning I just kept thinking about they showed lots of just shots of the crowd and all the families and that people sitting in the stadium, a big crowd. The game got off to a cracking start as well. It was awesome to watch. Oh, it was a banger goal by Aiden O'Neill. Um, Lovely one. A banger goal by Aiden O'Neill. Um and just all these kids in the crowd and families and stuff. And just the looks on their faces, they were just so kind of despondent as well. Like <laughs> they just couldn't work out why what the fuck did I just see? Why are grown adults doing this? And why can I now not watch the soccer game that I was excited to see because mm. of these fuckwits. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, I was I was really excited to see the protest. I wanted to see them all walk same. out in the twentieth minute, both sets of fans, and you know I was kind of hoping we would have got one game where the players stopped while the while the, the fans were filing out of the stadium, because um, that that would have been a massive show of support to the cause. And I think you could have got the two Melbourne teams to do that. I think someone could have kicked it out and they could have just stood there for a minute while they were doing that just to acknowledge what was happening. Yeah. Um, but given the timing of everything that went down, now there's so you know speculation that this was all planned all along, that they were always going to run onto the field and that just the flare incident kind of gave them a reason to be mad about charging the field. I'm not- yeah, I, I guess so. I think I might have said at the start of this show already that I actually wasn't too, you know, mm, if they did so, I wasn't too against the idea of actually going on the field. If you're going to have mm. like strength in numbers type thing in a peaceful way, obviously, like just mm-hmm. stop the game. Um, just because there's supporters on the pitch, just kind of go out there, make your presence known. But instead, they turned that into now nah, we're going to go out there and throw it. There was footage of dickheads in bucket hats throwing fake punches at professional footballers and stuff and like yeah, flinching guys man. and dudes like shadow boxing like just so Pulling many losers on. in one spot man like just unreal it really was a sight to behold wasn't it just it, it yeah it's getting 150 of the worst people you know in the same area and letting them yeah. run a mug and for those that are on various australian football groups online like communities online i think uh, there's been comments you've seen people uh, negatively responding to people's reactions to this, which kind of gives away that they may have been involved or that it's they know, you know people that or were... they're part of part of the you know OSM or whatever. Um, what are they? What is OSM? It's Original Style Melbourne or something like that. Now, yeah, yeah, yep. I don't keep up with it all these days. I used to, but they they've released two statements now, both condoning what happened. Uh, one of them they released a day later because they forgot to actually uh, yeah. acknowledge the opposition <laughs> wrongdoing. that the player was assaulted and like was bleeding and got a laceration. Um, but I just want to see if they if these guys are, I just don't believe them. I don't believe OSM. Um, I love what they've brought back to the ground in terms of noise and stuff. It's been missing for a while and the A-League's better for it. Like the Sydney Derby with the RBB and the Cove both pumping, Mm. you know, the league is better for it. Just don't manifest it in violence like this. And then I just don't believe that they're they're serious in their 
condemning. I feel like they just say they condemn it because they know that they should they say that. To. Because they have to. I want to see some more. If these guys were serious, they would out their mates and just, you know. They'd be providing names to the cops. They would self-police. Yeah. And get these guys out of the bay. Like They'd be snitching. Tell them not to come. Not necessarily snitching, but just, you know. I think we've done it before at United where we've turned around to people we snitched know. Snitched Not snitched them, but told them. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Just pull your head in a little bit. I'm not going where you are. I'm not saying you go off down to you know security or police or whatever and dog them in. Excuse me, can you? This man's being rowdy next to me. Can you get him out of the area? Turn around and say, "We dickhead, stop being a dickhead." (laughs) What are you doing? Yes, no, you have done that a few times. We don't need you here saying these things or throwing these objects or doing whatever it is you're doing. Get out of here! Like we don't want you here, so get out of here. Um, so if they were serious, but, they would do that, but I don't think they'll do that. No, I think that's totally summed up in the, I saw an extended video from the wings. Someone was recording the entire thing. And as they were piling back into the stand, uh, like a massive chant of Melbourne boys are still number one went up and it just, that just kind of solidified the whole thing. They don't care. Like they're, they're scumbags and I'm, I'm more than happy to paint all victory fans the same way. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. More than happy. Because I think, you know, you can't be proud of this hooligan element of your club. You know, this isn't the first time. They've thrown homophobic slayers at Josh Cavallo. They've thrown glass bottles at women's goalkeepers in grand finals. I like, think we're still talking about one end of the stadium, though. <clears throat> I've, seen, yeah, I've seen I plenty it, of online um, frustration and anger from Melbourne Victory fans towards mm-hmm. their own. There's been plenty of it. But it gets to a point, like you were saying, where they had to self-police better. That's not on the guys that are people that are sitting on the wings with their families and stuff, though. Then who is it on? Because they're, they're, they're all their the people that the are in the bay team. with them. But these are the guys. Yeah, potentially. But if they're all of the same mindset, then you're not going to weed any of them out because they're all there under a you know. Yeah, but I'm just saying you want to. You're saying you're painting them all with the same brush. But what do you want? Like dudes that sit on the wing with their family, what do you want them mm. to do about what goes on in the North End? I kind of want them to reject this whole ethos that Melbourne is the biggest club in the country because they have <laughs> the best and biggest fans. When you know you can see it's a large contingent of their fan base. It is the, the you know, and it's it's the part that is the most celebrated. I think that's the point I'm trying to get across. Is that these are the guys that are revered by the other Melbourne fans as the reason that we go to games because they create such a massive atmosphere and the passion and everything like that. But at the same time, these are the guys that are always on the brink of doing something catastrophically stupid and damaging the product and the brand and painting all A-League fans like this now because it's not just Melbourne. Mm. You know, the media is not saying Melbourne victory. They're saying A-League. And so because of what they did on Saturday, we're going to go to a game now on the 27th and probably be over-policed out of our eyes. Like the same as like the MacArthur game where they had their drums confiscated, people getting ejected for standing up. It's just, we're going to go back to these bad old days of. Yeah, I'm still, I've still got some, brand. I've still got some optimism about it in Adelaide because of, like I said, mm-hmm. the relationship we have with the, the regular security guards and, you know, police officers that we have there. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, what we saw the rest of the weekend, like in MacArthur, like you said, getting the drum taken off of them and some banners and yeah, same Perth in Perth. Got... Perth had some banners taken away as well. Just simple protest banners that weren't even, you know, didn't have any 
kind of they swearing or anything on it. No. Um, I, I, fingers crossed all is okay in Adelaide. Um, I've got a yes. feeling everyone will be walking out and there will be, you know, there won't be any more kind of, there will be nothing like what we saw in Melbourne, I'd hope. Uh, and if there is, we'd be onto them, I, I'd like to think. I would like to think also. I think Adelaide definitely is a snitch town, so <laughs> it would be fine. Piss Absolute piss would, Just one more question on this. Would you ban uh, Victory fans from coming to Hindmarsh next month? Uh, As in not sell them tickets in a, in a spe- you know, specialized bay? Yes. Mm. I think I would. Mm. That's going to be interesting because now if they do get stadium bans at home, you know, they're not adverse to traveling, <laughs> these guys. The only time they could see their team play would be away and it would almost galvanize their away support, which would be not ideal, I think, in the wake of everything. Yeah. Oh, well, it's definitely, uh, definitely one to watch that, what happens going It's forward. grim stuff. It's <laughs> We had a grim episode last week talking about the APL decision and then this week we felt like there was going to be a positive response. I was looking forward to the protests and then this happened. So, um, yeah, that's all That's all pretty shit. And it doesn't get any better for us because, of course, we're going to talk about Adelaide United's <laughs> 3-1 loss to Wellington on the weekend. Um, on the back of what was what a day. probably a, a disappointing draw in Brisbane where we should have gotten the three points. This one, we never really looked like we were in this game, I don't think. Um, no. Thoughts? <laughs> Certainly not. Um, like a 12.30 p.m. kickoff, really good in theory. I was thinking lunch beers, like the sun's out. You you know, you, can you kick off your day in any better way? But you never really like consider how detrimental it could be to the rest of your outlook on a Saturday if it doesn't go your way. Yeah. And after two minutes, I realized I was in for a very, very poor Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was... A shocking start. They got away real good. Craig Goodwin belts in a free kick to level it. Um, but even in that first 12 minutes, we looked like we were a step off the pace. And it kind of just stayed that way. And if it wasn't it for Goody's goal, it would have been would have been an ugly, an ugly one. And if it wasn't for Gauchi's save uh from the penalty spot, it would have been even uglier. So yeah, all round just a, a shocker. We could have been on the end of a pasting there. And yeah, like you said, that first goal set the tone for it. Um, I thought Barr and Popovich, like individually, thought they were fine. I thought they had a fine game. I thought they were okay too. Yeah. But, I but saw they're... some arguments being made about Popovich um, because he's too young and blah, blah, blah. But I, yeah, he's one average game. I think he's been good. He was okay. Um, the big I issue was, was yeah, we had lots of passengers in the midfield. I just, I, I think. Yeah, midfield, definitely. I think we'll get to midfield. That, for me, the partnership and the positioning of Byron Popovich is just all off. Like, they're two similar style of players, I think, to be playing centre-back together. What we really, really lacked in this game um, was, like, Wallen's mopping up of the ball in behind. Yeah. Um, too many times, straight balls, straight splitting Byron Popovich and neither of them really with the turn of foot or the instinct to get in behind um, in behind the line to sweep up, which is what you know Wallen does very well. Um, yeah. So that think, that was that hurt us. I think that hurt us a little bit last week too. I think Bar was probably the better of the two on the weekend, but I would still mm-hmm. be having Popper in. There. I think Popovich has got a really high ceiling, obviously, 
I don't think Barr has much more in him. They're pretty similar level right now, but I think Popovich is, yeah. you know, I think we all know we got to con- stick with him and con- give him consistent time. So getting getting Wallen back in next to him would be good, I think. Um, what are we going to do with this midfield, man? I don't understand what happened in this game. They were just so non-existent in transition and even really going forward. It, it, we just We had nothing. There was so many holes and so much space yeah. in there. It can't have just been a case of missing Izzy, can it? Because no, we know we know Juan Day's quality. Um, I, I'm starting to get some concerns about Dorigo. I think someone commented it on our on our page. Uh, the result after we posted the result, but about Louis Dorigo hasn't really doesn't look like he's developed at all. It's not taking um, that step. He's not stepped up. He perhaps has gone back a few steps as well. And I'm a bit worried about us at the moment. Not so much worried about us. I think we are a couple of really good opportunities missed away from having a foothold in this game and being able to get a result. Same thing with Brisbane. I was a little bit of ill-discipline at the end that threw the result away, the three points, but we still managed one on the road. I messaged you during the game. Are Wellington any good? Like what, what happened here? I think Wellington were quite good in this game and definitely put they us were. on the back foot. They put us on the back foot from the start and we never were able to build back into it. Uh, you know, despite Craig Goodwin's genuinely world-class goal, um, we didn't really have any kind of attacking thrust outside of the few spurious hero chances that he um, is starting to spurn more and more. Yeah. I th- on Wellington, I think they are a, they're a reasonably, they're a reasonable team. I just think they're really well coached. I've mentioned on here before, I really like Ufitale. He had them firing last year in patches really well. And this year they've, um, well, what did we, we got a, we got a point there away. We were kind of lucky, got a late one against them. Um, mm, but we were playing against 10 men that day. We were too. Big. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think they're pretty solid. They just seem to be well coached. I don't know if they're a great side. I don't. Mm. I can't see them doing much damage. I think we could be. We should be better than them still. Uh, we're just not. We're in a bit of a rut at the moment after coming yeah, back. Um, and I hate to do it again, but we Here said we it go. last week, didn't we? What did we say last week about our man Ben Halloran? And then this week, we're gonna we have can probably two- we can probably have some sympathy for him with the refereeing, but he's got to be better. To the two minutes of Haller and Hate commences, uh, I thought the ref was out to get him from the start. And I've uh, there's not, you know, I didn't think the ref had a terrible game. Um, there was a few, the 50-50s would definitely go into the home team, but that didn't have any impact on the result. But for me, it almost looked like the referee was trying to wind him up. <laughs> I don't think so. Some of no. the... Dis- Especially the shoulder-on-shoulder decision, uh, where he gets booked for descent for the first one. Yeah, there's just there's just no possible way that's ever a foul. And then the way the ref kind of marches over to him to try and demonstrate that he was in the wrong by then making up a situation that didn't happen. Like I, of course, if I was Halloran, I would give the referee one. And then you're just in a position where, you know, that's you're trying, that's to, def- fine. You're trying to defend the reality of the situation. The ref's like, "Well, fuck you. Here you go. You can have a yellow card too." That's fine, but then to go and get that second one, he's, we've talked about it before. This guy, is he's one of our more experienced players. He's one of our more, he'd be one of our higher paid players too. He's got to deliver more than this. 
the um the cold hard truth now is that since he's come back he's not done anything no and yeah he's becoming more and more of a liability out there and i would be very close to starting Aaron kunda and goodwin next game i would be too i probably would in fact especially after the red card um yeah i mean who's gonna go out there who's gonna play nestor's probably get him give give nestor a game give him a start um he was doing that thing again, Hallam, for a little bit where he does uh, not as much as last week, but he still just, the way he drops to the floor sometimes or the way he kind of has the chance to burn past a defender and he just does something that just looks really half-assed and lazy. Um, he's obviously got quality in him. We've seen it when he's on. We just, I don't know if because he's given us good, really good spells that we have too high an expectation of him. But mm. he's earning the money, you know. So I think gotta, he should just gotta he, sh- he should be one level below Goodwin. Like he is our big name. He should be. He's got Socceroos caps, like you said, experience, been there, done it. But should, you know, should be taking a leadership role within the team as well. And it's two weeks in a row now that we've had our three most experienced players: Halloran, Izzy, uh, uh, Yavi Lopez. Like make just ridiculous errors. Stupid errors of judgment, and it's thrown the game away. Yep. Um, I'm just looking through. Do you have any concerns that like we don't have a great deal of depth? We only made two subs on the weekend. Aaron Kunda came on for Aligic, Blackwood on for Ibasuki. Mm-hmm. Looking at the bench, you've got Yule there, Cavallo, who was uh, lucky to be in the squad after last week. Um, lucky to play again. <laughs> Madania, Delianov, and Ansel. Yep. Uh, aside from Iren Kunda and Blackwood, there's no one else really there that I think you could turn to in this situation to try and boost the team. I know we're missing Bernardo, um, but even then, you add him back into the mix. Are we? Are we still light somewhere? Are we? We are still. Yeah, obviously we're Cloth as well. Yeah, Cloth, and then no Izzy, so you have one of Juan Day or Dorigo on the yeah. bench as well. Um, yeah, we are light on, but that's just the nature of being Adelaide United. I I think Johnny Yule should have got minutes in this. I don't yeah, know why we 100%. persisted with Dorigo. Like it's we're screaming out for a guy like Johnny Yule to come in, like a Riley McGree type, a Steph Morg type, someone in, in that mold that's gonna get forward, break lines. Especially especially backward. Yeah, exactly. Dorigo's not doing men. anything. Three one down with ten men, like you know, the game potentially gone anyway. Give him mm. the minutes. <laughs> Get him out there. Give him the minutes. Like, and I think it's the same with um, Yavi Lopez as well because he's definitely tiring in games now. And you can see the last 20 minutes he's not running out probably. So bring Mandanya on. Like, yeah, these kids need minutes. Just give it to them. This doesn't seem to be a new thing either. I think I know last season lots of people had plenty of questions about Carl Viet's substitutions. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Yeah, and they're going to persist. They're definitely going to persist um, when you're you know, dealing out performances like this. We were just – that could well be the, our worst performance this season. I think and it is. It's not. It At this point, it doesn't get any easier because the games come thick and fast. And it's like it's going to be good to get home, I think, is the main thing here. Out of yep. – how many games we played? Ten games or something, nine games. Yeah. And we've, only had, we've had two at home. Like, it's just <laughs> – most ridiculous of runs. We really need just a little bit of momentum, um, get a couple of favorable results and, you know, yeah. get Cloth back, get Bernardo back. We are definitely missing a couple of players. Yeah, we are definitely um, 
I was just copying you then. We are also we're coming up <laughs> against one of the weaker teams in the league, I think, as well in Newcastle at home. We've got two gimmies Tuesday, coming so. up. We've got Newcastle and Perth at home. They are six points. You have to, have to, have to win both of these games. Yeah, have to win them. I want six points from them um, minimum. Yep. Minimum no, and maximum. Minimum and max. Yeah, exactly. Six points, two wins. Like I said, I always, we've we had some favorable results as well around us. I always harbor ambition of us being able to win the league and... Uh, look, I don't know what's going to happen with the City victory game. Are City going to get the points? You would assume so. And that'll put them well beyond our reach. But, you know, we can always fight it out for second in this division. I still think we're good enough for second, even if we are light on. Yeah. yeah. We we have to be beating, the you know, the bottom, the two bottom two teams. Yeah, I think so too. I just, we're, as in, I think we're also in the fight for second and we're definitely good enough on our day. Uh, I think just our bad performances just look really bad, and I know we had some. I know we had some bad ones early, as in like red cards, but we are racking them up now. <laughs> and we somehow are, yeah, we are the most ill-disciplined team. But I saw a list of um, fouls given away in the league, like the players that are given away the most fouls, and we didn't have a single player in the top ten. And yet somehow we've accumulated more yellow and red cards than any other side. So yeah, I don't know. I think this Viet brings that up all the time. I think there is something to that. We seemingly get booked for lesser infringements and for a lesser amount than others. But maybe we just more evenly distribute our shithousery across the team. And yep, by shithousery, I mean just general shithouseness. General shithouseness. Uh, all right. You got anything else to add on this game? Or anything. I guess shout out Gauchi. Gauchi got shout out Gauchi. for us. Yeah. Uh, that probably was deservedly so. He had a good game. Um <clears throat> that's that penalty saves top draw. Yeah. Uh, also I was gonna ask you what your thoughts on it kind of became irrelevant after what happened in the Melbourne Derby, but I initially was pretty disappointed with the the Phoenix fans half hearted kind of protest. It's not wasn't a protest, was it? Not really. They just moved no. to a different section of the ground and kept singing. Yeah, it was the fact that they continue, you know, rip their shirts off again in the 80th odd minute. They very much felt like scabs at that point. I was like, you guys, scab, uh, scab, scab, <laughs> you guys are enjoying the victory when you should be outside not participating in this. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was the same. I, I thought it, I might have just been a bit salty to begin with because of the result. Because I was like, oh, look at these dickheads enjoying a win. And I was like, hang on, shouldn't even be fucking in the stadium. Leave. Exactly. So, yeah, they, they definitely crossed the picket line. Yeah, that was poor. And then we got the opposite Saturday night, so can't win. <laughs> yeah, which which is worse. Maybe the, the best outcome is uh, how Western United performed their walkout, and that was just to not show up in the first place. Standard. Standard from the uh, – nah, I'm not going on a Western United rant again. <laughs> They've copped no, it enough. Congrats to them. They got their first win of the season and hauled themselves off the bottom, so well done. Losers. All right, we might wrap it there for this one. Um, we've also got the – Check out all our World Cup pods. We did plenty covering the World Cup that's just been and gone. World Cup final. You can hear us talk about that one. Mbappe with a hat-trick in a losing final. Gee whiz. Uh, go check that out. Never Get see on the again. socials, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Do do your thing. Enjoy, your, wherever, enjoy wherever Christmas, you like everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone.